This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Our home is Virginia, and we drove 22 hours with two two toddlers and an infant. So that was exciting and fun. Um, Many stops along the way, but uh, she did not recommend it because my pelvic uh, pain was so great. And it was really bad. I don't know if most of you know, but Sundays I would leave here and go home and cry because I was in so much pain like all the time. And it hurt really bad. Um, But God. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go home. And I did. And we went to a service on, well, actually I went to a women's retreat. I was there for Friday and Saturday nights. And I was able to do a lot of heart work. And really ask God to go deep and to just let me know areas where maybe I was holding on to stuff, bitterness, unforgiveness, um, resentment. And he just bought up a whole bunch of stuff. And I got healed there emotionally and worked through some things. And then on that Sunday, I went to uh, Bobby Hills Church, uh, Riverbend. Hey, shout out. And um, during worship, I was just, we were sitting in the back row. And I believe in miracles. That song was the last song that they sung. And you know, I sat in my chair and I was like... I believe you, God. And that's part of the words, I believe. <laughs> I believe in miracles. And so often, you know, I'm huge on what are we singing? What, what are we singing about? And I just sat there and I said, God, I believe you're a healer. I walked in with a walker and a pelvic belt and crazy amount of pain. And he healed me during that song. And, I, you know, again, I'll go into more detail next week, but I'm healed. I can run and jump and take my boys out to play. And uh, I feel better than I felt even before I was pregnant, which is like crazy. So yeah, um, that is that. I just want to give God all the glory and thanks and just let you all know like our testimonies and the things that he does in our life, they're not for just us. It's not just for me and my boys because I want to take them to play at the park and my husband so I can help cook them some mean meals, whatever. It's not just for us, but it's for the body to encourage you to believe again, to hope again. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, understand and know, you know, the timing may not be what you expect, because I didn't expect six months. And they gave me six, three months at first. And then they told me a year. <laughs> and I didn't expect, you know, that it would take this long. But it did. And I'm glad it did. Because in this time, God met me. And he was able to bring up some stuff in my life that I needed to fix. Pride issues and all this other stuff that you really wouldn't take a look at unless you're really going through a fire. And I was. So I just want to encourage you today. No matter what you're facing, trust God. Keep your hope steadfast in him. Believe his word because it is true. He will do what he says he will do. He's healer. Guess what? I'm healed. And no one can take that from me. No one. So yes, I believe in miracles and God did one in my life. So whatever you're expecting God for, keep on hoping and keep praying. Keep trusting. Amen. How's everybody doing this week? It's good to be back home. Um, I remember uh, being on the road, and um, Titus was at another house, and we were gone a couple of days. He said, Daddy, home? I was like, okay, buddy, hold on. Tomorrow. He was so excited to get home, and it is good to be home. It's good to be back amongst family. Um, so 
Thank you for your prayers and support, allowing us to take our vacation <laughs> so, um, so we get back to work. Um, we're in a new sermon series this week called The Sons of God. And uh, this is a sermon series that's apropos to our overall title for the year uh, regarding the Beatitudes. And this particular Beatitude is one of my favorites because it indicates something that's so profound and so powerful, yet it's something that we have a difficult time understanding. God does have a purpose and plan for our lives. God has a purpose and plan for our eternal future. The problem is a lot of times people don't understand who they are in God and what it is that God wants from them. So first of all, you have to recognize who you are in God. And once you understand whose you are, then my hope is you understand what it is that God wants you to do. If you can't open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verse 27, all the way through verses 36. Uh, Let me pray, and we'll get started. Father God, thank you, Lord, that you're sovereign and in control. We're thankful, Father God, that you just ask us to trust. And sometimes our our heart and trust in you flatlines. It seems like we're dead, Lord God. We seem like it's impossible. But you you specialize in the impossible. Father God, sometimes it seems like you keep putting us in the same situation. So we ask you, Father God, that we are found faithful through these situations. And because of those situations, we pray we give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I got a quote, and the quote says this. Ministry in the 21st century will be impacted by the example of the sons of God. It is my ardent, it is my, I would say, overwhelming belief that God is asking us to live our lives in front of people so that he may get glory from our lives. A lot of times people have a misconception regarding whose they are. And when you don't know whose you are, I think a lot of times you think incorrectly about what it is you're called to do. Uh, my name, as I hopefully said before, is Anthony Emmanuel Bass. I am the son of William Bass. And I don't look like my dad. How many people have seen my dad? Does anybody think I look like my dad, anybody? I don't look nothing like my dad. I'm, we'll have a test done later on in life. I'm joking, but nevertheless... Um, my dad doesn't look like me. I look like my mom. And uh, I don't even look exactly like my mom. I'm kind of like a mix between both of them, if you, if you had to, like, you know, guess. Um, but nevertheless, I act like my dad. My mannerisms are my dad's mannerisms. When, when I move and when I talk, it's, it's my father. And uh, when you're looking at me, you're looking at, really, my dad in, in a sense, I grew up um, following him around. Uh, he was a coach at several teams, and every time he was coaching, it seemed like he was my coach in middle school, elementary school, in middle school, in high school. It was like he was following me around. But nevertheless, he instilled his values in me. And because of that, when I get in certain situations, I fall back on this default mode. And that default mode is, is my dad. Whether good or bad, I act like my dad. Who do you act like? Do you act like a, a parent? Do you know, the, in a sense, the mannerisms of your parent that you, that you have taken on? Do you like <laughs> the mannerisms you have that you've inherited from your parents? You're still your parent's child. And because of that, when people see you to some degree, they're seeing your mother, your father, maybe even your grandfather or grandmother. You can't help to escape the DNA that is, in a sense, passed on. But here today, we're going to talk about how God is passing on his spiritual DNA 
to us. God desires sons and daughters. Now, I have to contrast. Biblically, we are children of God as soon as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We're his children. But sons and daughters are mature. Sons and daughters have authority, have responsibility. As I said in the pre-service video, the Bible says, if you're willing to endure, to suffer, then you will be sons and daughters. There's a process of maturity that we all have to go through. That's why when you come here Sunday after Sunday, I don't just talk about the blessing. What I talk about is the process. The process is what God is interested in right now. Once you're saved, it's just the beginning. You've walked through the door. Now, the process of sanctification is something that you endure. You go through all the days of your life. You're forever being sanctified until your body is glorified and you're given a new body and you go into the everlasting arms of God in heaven. But here, while you're here on earth, the process of sanctification is something that God is working out through you and in you. And the process of sanctification is designed to make you look like his children, mature, responsible. But the problem is some people think that once you're saved, it's really about what God gives you. And, you. and you oftentimes when you get something that you're not ready for, you can abuse it. So I believe here at Endurance Church, we are preparing people through the process of sanctification to be able to handle whatever roles and responsibilities God wants you to have now and Want you to have for eternity. This is Luke chapter 6. And this is once again, this comes from the Sermon on the Mount. Luke is a different gospel than uh, Matthew because Luke is chronological. So everything in Luke was done exactly sequentially how it was done historically. Luke was a doctor who was saved. And because he was very articulate and he was very, he was brilliant, but he had a Greek mind. He wrote it in such a way that we can understand what he is saying. So in Luke, he's referencing Jesus' comments on the, on the mountain. He says here, but I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. To him who strikes on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. See, what he's communicating here is this, that it's human nature to respond to situations that are difficult negatively, or even to look inside yourself and pull from pride in order to overcome the situation. But God responds to these difficult situations with the motivation of love. Love. Got that? Thank you. So look here at the very beginning. He says, love your enemies at the first, uh, in a sense, uh, first line of the sentence. We're tripping because we're like, how do we love our enemies? That actually was the opposite of what they were told in the Old Testament. So they were told to destroy their enemies. Remember the Amalekites. Remember they were told to wipe out every single person in their community, all of them, including the animals. But here, Jesus is saying something diametrically opposed to that. He's saying, no, 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 love your enemies. They are tripping at this particular point. He goes on to say, do good to those who hate you. Now, there's specificity here we have to focus on. He doesn't say, do good to their people group or do good to their community, but to the very person that hates you, do good to that person. 
A lot of people try to get around that particular point. Oh, yeah, well, their family or John did me wrong, but I'm going to be nice to his mom or dad. No, no, no. Be nice to John. Find John and be nice, be kind to him. It says, bless those who curse you. Somebody cursed me out on Facebook last week. And I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? And the Bible says, what? Bless those that curse you. So I was like, the Lord bless you, brother. And one person liked it. They were like, hmm. Everybody else was like, oh, you just got a dog. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. But I was responding the way God asked me to respond. I could have won an argument, but that's not the point. That doesn't reveal God's glory in me. He goes on to say, to him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. This is the one that everybody stops reading on. They're like, no, 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 no. That's not really saying that. Yeah, it's saying that. It's saying that. But you have to understand this point, and you got to hear this. He's trying to explain himself. The Beatitudes are Jesus. This is Jesus' response. Every single Beatitude is an indicator of Jesus' attribute, his actions. Jesus turned the other cheek. And Jesus was God's son. And if you're God's child, he's asking you to do the same. It goes on to says, from him who takes away your clothes, do not withhold your tunic. It goes on to say, give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Oh, no, I gave somebody my Captain America comic book. And I want it back. Oh, no. Give to everyone who asks you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask back. The scripture's like, don't ask for it back. And I'm like, Lord. So now what do you do? You hide all your stuff, right? So no one asks you for anything. No, 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 no. That's not the point. The point is, if you trust God to give without getting back, he will take care of you. You become a conduit of God's grace if you're willing to trust him with all that you have. It goes on to saying, just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. And lastly, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Look, he's trying to say, look, think about this. If you just do good to the people who are doing you good, what benefit is that? There's no reward there. You haven't done anything reward worthy. But reward-worthy stuff comes when people are doing you wrong, yet you still respond in love. And that's how we act like God's children. Last line, I think. Two more. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. He says, if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even the sinners lend to the sinners to receive as much back. This is the last verse. Here we go. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. He goes on to say, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Do you get the point that when we respond in a way that conveys God's grace and love, we are acting like responsible children of God. When we give and don't expect anything back, 
but we do it in a way where it's not about us, but only about God, then we are walking in what God has called us to walk in. I got a couple points and we're done for the day. Point one, sons and daughters of God respond to evil like Father God does. This is one thing people have to understand. Don't you know God sees every act of evil that's going on on the planet right now? But yet he's still showing people good. He's not taking out people every time they sin. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. God lets rain come to the just and the unjust. He lets the sun shine on everybody, even people who we know empirically are evil. That's how God acts to evil people. And you know what? He's asking us to do the same. God wants you to respond like him. Next point. So you know what God expects from his children. This is an expectation God has for you. Now, we'll get into a point here. Obviously, we're going to miss it. We're going to (laughs) stumble. We're going to make mistakes. I can't tell you how many fights I got in after I was a Christian. I was still growing. I was still mature, and I was still a child. But as I grow in my relationship with God as I mature, I don't have to have the last word in the conversation. Am I alone in here? I don't have to always be right. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm back. I don't always have to win every argument. You don't have to go my way every time. Imagine, if he's telling you to do this to your enemies, then how should you be treating your If, if he's telling you to turn the cheek to your enemy, well, it's confusing if you get in an argument all the time with your spouse or your kids or your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you can do this with your enemies, my goodness, how much love should you be lavishing on the people who you love? It's a challenging point. But God has an expectation. But God's grace is sufficient. Let me tell you what, my wife was healed by the Lord. And I'm not even saying that for, I'm, I'm real. We needed that healing. I needed the healing. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. We needed it. We did. Needed it. And a real miracle has happened. A, like, it's real. We, we've been putting everything on Facebook. You've seen her come with, like, this is, we're not making this up. This is God moving. But the same God, listen to me. Listen to me. The same God that healed her broken body. The same God that can get you to love your enemy. If you think that was a miracle, which it was, which it is right now. Hopefully she won't go to the doctor, get an x-ray, we're going to see what's going on. But, but, but. But the same God who did that can help you here. The point is, do you trust him? You're like, well, wait a minute. We talked about that. I'll be a doormat, Lord, if I don't stand up for myself. No. You're a child of God. You're a son and daughter on a royal assignment. You are kings and queens of the Most High who you're being trained for an eternal responsibility. Train like a child of God. He has an expectation. Don't let him down. Be like God. 
Remember, every action of Jesus Christ, every single one, was an action surrendered to the will of God. Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will. Think about it. Every single thing Jesus did was the will of the Father. So Jesus reveals to us the heart of God the Father. Everything Jesus did was the Father's will. So when we look at Jesus, we see the Father. When we look at Jesus helping the poor and the sick, the broken, we see Jesus talking to the broken, the, the beat up, the abused. When we see Jesus laying down his life for his enemies, we see God the Father. God wants you to be like Jesus because in being like Jesus, you're like God the Father. God's heart is in you. You can do it. But I know I'm with you in this. When you decide to trust God, it's like it gets crazy. You're not alone. This is normal. This is the average Christian life. But your responsibility is to be faithful in the storm. Jesus says storms will come. But the one person who will be able to stand during the storm is the one who built his house or her house on the rock. And that's Jesus. When you obey Christ, when you do what he says, God wants to give you responsibilities, but he doesn't want to give you something that would destroy you. Now, sometimes he will give you stuff to destroy you to show you that what? You didn't need that one thing. But he's all the while trying to work in your life, either through money or sickness or health or kids or no kids. God is using every single situation or God's enemy to allow you the opportunity to grow into God's children. But you got to hold on when you're in those storms. There's a space you have to have before every action, a space where you're thinking, should I do this? I think one of the great sayings of a decade ago was, what would Jesus do? Where you actually thought through, uh-oh, i gotta, I got to consciously make a choice to do something in a way that will honor God. Are you honoring God? Do you have that space before you speak and talk? Do you have that space or are you just acting out of frustration? That's not how God's children act. God's children are calculated in their responses to life. Be like God. Why? So that you will receive rewards for your life. You understand, we don't work for salvation, but we work for rewards. And when we get to heaven... I want to have all my rewards. I want them all. I want more rewards than I can handle. I don't know about you, but whatever God wants me to have, I want them all. I don't want to be that one dude that God says, look at what you could have had. And I'm going to be like, no. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth coming from me if I miss out on everything that God wanted me to have. But these rewards are worked for. And this is a Truth that we don't talk about much in the church because we, we confuse sanctification, we confuse salvation, justification by faith with, with working for rewards. These rewards are there for you when you give, when you sacrifice, when you act like God's sons and daughters. When you're faithful, there's a reward waiting for you. And God gives us rewards here on earth. I believe God rewarded my wife, because of her faithfulness. 
I believe God rewarded Kenny because of his faithfulness. Now, this is how good God is. Sometimes, even when you do it completely wrong, he'll still reward you. I can't figure him out. I'm just telling you what the book says. But I know that if you're faithful, there is always a reward waiting for you. Now, when you get that reward, that's up to God. One of the last points. So if you want to look like your daddy, then you need to act like your daddy. Yeah? No? Okay. Not that good? I'll work on it. <laughs> if I can say, who's your daddy? Do you get that now? I mean, <laughs> God is your daddy. <laughs> he says, I don't want, he said, don't call anybody else on this earth father. Because he wants that title for himself. He is your father. He's like that. But if you want to look like him, you need to act like him. Last point and we're done for the day. I didn't think too hard about this one. This one just rolled off my tongue. I believe this one is probably the most important point of the day. Your response to evil reveals your response to Jesus. When I look at people in their lives, how they're going through their ups and downs, I can almost tangibly see their level of commitment to the Lord. I don't care what socioeconomic level you are in life. I don't care where you are educationally. It doesn't matter. There's this response that when someone has given it all into the hands of Jesus, they just act different. They do different stuff. There's a humility that they have, a grace about them. Now we're all trying to grow. It's going to take time for us to get there. But as long as you're growing, you're going. Keep moving. I pray for you. Father God, thank you for our church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord God, thank you for making a way out of no way. And Lord God, we worship you here this morning. So we ask you as we leave here, we go about this week, Father God, help us learn how to be more like you. Whether it be through a small group or a Bible study, Father God. Whether it be helping somebody in our in our jobs, Father God. Or helping a family member, Lord God. Or reaching out to somebody who has hurt us in the past, Father God. I don't know what it is you will call us to do, Father God. But help us be sensitive to your voice. So that we can give you glory. Use us today, Lord God. Use us. In Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.